What's up, guys? Mr. Albert here. In preparation for this episode, Mr. Sparling, Harmani, Joshua, and I talked about something kind of odd. We talked about vulnerability. Um, we learned a lot from Brene Brown, who's a great speaker on vulnerability, and ultimately looked at the fact that as a host, as a guest, telling stories that feel vulnerable, telling stories that are personal, it's a great way to connect to our audience. It's a great way to know each other. And at the end of the day, we've all had similar experiences. We've just experienced them differently in our, in our lives. So we talk about vulnerability in this episode. Mr. Sparling, Harmani, Joshua, and I each share stories of a vulnerable time in our life. And in doing so, we really learn a lot about each other. So I love it. This was fun. I hope you guys all enjoy the show. I mean, I don't have one. Like most of my near-death experiences are like my own fault. <laughs> most of your near-death experiences. All of them are my own fault, Sparling, okay? What? All of them like basically my fault. I'm not saying they're not. I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is that you've had multiple? Yeah. Sounds like, all right, I'm prepared. Are you comfortable sharing them? Because I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah, let's oh, go. Yeah. I'm okay, interested. Cool. I'm interested. Sounds like you have plenty to share. So I'm looking <laughs> forward. Not that I'm happy you've had these experiences, but I am. My interest is peaked. It was one like I was a little kid. It's fine. <laughs> so, Joshua, I'm hoping you don't have like 20 of them. No. Uh, let's share. Uh, let's share them all because multiple near death experience. I'm like, I'm like nervous right now. I'm nervous for you. I'm happy you're still here. Do you, do you want to share a couple of them? Uh, yeah. Right, so you start the first one. Um, this was during like a parade in Rochester. Uh, I forgot, but it was a bridge, right? And I was about three or four. I was with my dad, my sister, my mom was walking in the parade, and uh, I climbed over like the railing on the other side of the bridge where the water was, and my dad didn't notice. And then my mom just happened to like look over while she was walking by. And it was screaming at my dad to get me from the other side of the bridge. Yeah. Uh, another one. Uh, yeah, I, wait, did he just like yank you back? Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. That's. I'll be. I was walking over the bridge between uh, like on Ford Street, um, over the river, and like I couldn't even look because it's so. It's like such a steep drop. I don't know how you would look at that as a little kid and be like, okay, I'm going to climb over this. I don't really know. Kind of happened. A lot of your stories involve climbing on things, Joshua. You were like, you were a crazy one. Well, yeah, when I was a baby, so climb over like little baby gates. Oh my God. Your parents, God bless them for dealing with that. That sounds so terrifying. It wasn't even bad. Like, I, would just, I wasn't bad, but I used to just like go places. Oh, you know, yeah, it doesn't sound like you were being like a malicious kid or anything, but man, you probably put a little, <laughs> almost gave him a heart attack many times. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So you said you had another? Another yeah. 20, right? Another 20. <laughs> Only five. <laughs> another one, I was at my grandma's house where I am right now, and she has a lake behind her house if you want like about 10 feet. It's right there. 
So, you know, I walk into the lake, you know, it gets deep at one. Like, it's just like a straight drop off. You can walk out and then it's like just drops. And so if you don't know, you just go down. And I'm about like, I don't know, like three foot. And that's like a six foot lake right there. So that was under the water. Luckily, I didn't know how to swim because it was just me back there. Uh, and yeah, I just swam back, came back to the house. Like nothing. Oh, happened. luckily you did know how to swim. Yeah, I did. Uh, so that's fortunate. Yeah, because you were you were thinking that you had stable footing, but no but such they, luck. I learned that they do have snapping turtles in that lake. <laughs> Honestly, I think the snapping turtles were the closer uh, near death experience. Those things are brutal. Oh man, that's a, you learned I mean, afterward. You learned afterwards, right? That the, yeah, the no, I learned while going under. We were face to face. Really? You're like oh. I and like my feet went forward and like my head went like down. So like my head was like at the bottom. And then we were like face to face. And then like I kind of just like swam back up and got it. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I think I speak for everyone here when we say that we are glad you survived these experiences. I'm also Googling snapping turtles right now because they, they look like dragons. Yeah, they look like Bowser. Like, I never knew, like, Rochester had snapping turtles. Yeah, right? They seem so like too cold. Guess not. That's scary because, like, for me, I'd be more scared if I knew there were snapping turtles and, you know, fell in. I'd be like, oh, my God. But seeing it and not knowing it's going to be there, that's got to be horrifying. Oh, man. I mean, I still get into the lake to this day. As long as you don't go near, they don't bother you. And like, you know, there's one area where it's like they're not because it's like kind of fenced off, like underwater. So nothing can get it in there. So you go there. And you've got you've got other close to death experiences more than just the two. Yeah, I'm, I'm horrified for you a little bit, but okay. The, the next, it's not as bad, but um. It was a tree house. So I climbed up there and then it was leaning out the window. The wood broke and almost fell out. No, I did fall out, but I fell on trampoline, which was greatly placed. That's yeah. That's like action movie. <laughs> that's what they do at action movies when they're doing stunts. Yeah. Well, like blow up cushion thing. All right. Well, Joshua, thank you for being vulnerable and, Going back to these, we're probably pretty scary memories. Armani, are you are you good to go, or would you like me or Mr. Albert to go first? Um, I could go. Okay, I'd love to hear it. So my story was in ninth grade, and like basically ninth grade was just a terrible year for me. At first, it was fun and stuff because like I'm in high school, yeah, and then like. I really started getting into some stuff because, like, I just wasn't hanging out with, like, the right crowd. And then, like, a lot of stuff happened in school. And I also had bad grades. And my my um, mom, she's very strict. And, like, she also, when she gets mad, she says pretty harsh stuff. So I always feel like I'm getting criticized and stuff. And I'm really not even a bad kid. So sometimes it does hurt. And I guess I was piling it all up. And like one day she said a really harsh comment. So I just ran away. And then um, 
it wasn't really like that I wanted to just go far. I just wanted to get far from her because she was just so like a negative person and I just didn't I had I was pretty tired of it. And yeah, so I ended up going with my grandma for like a week and um things got a little bit better after that. Cause I guess she could see like I was done putting up with her stuff. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough when you reach that breaking point and you're like, I, I just gotta get out and it sounds like she learned you guys both learned, you know, I mean, you, you still love each other. Right. And that hasn't happened again, has it? Or, or how has uh, things been since then? Yeah, it's been much better since then. Yeah. Harmony, thank you so much for sharing that experience. Sound like that had, that was a very, well, vulnerable. You're, you, uh, exhibit a lot of vulnerability and talking that story. And I appreciate that. And I'm glad things have, as you say, gotten a little bit better. Yeah. I'll tell you, Harmani, I, it was, my parents didn't care that much. I wish they cared more, but I would sneak out and run away all the time at one point in my life for the same reason. I'm like, I just got to get out of here. And I always thought about running away. Cause I, I didn't like the situation my parents were good, you know, but I was mad at them, but I was like, I, I want to run away. So I'd sneak out and do bad things. I do not encourage this guys, but I was there as well. I understand. Um, what do you think, Mr. Sparling? Do you want to share? Or should I go? Um, I can go and then you could wrap it up just because mine is kind of like parent related as well. Oh yeah. It, it is. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Trigger, I did give a trigger warning that mine deals with the, the near death of a parent. So if that's a very sensitive topic to you, I wouldn't be offended if you had to like step out for a little bit or just mute and I'll let you know when I'm done. Or you could turn your volume down and I'll let you know when I'm done. Uh, but if that's not a sensitive topic for you, I'm happy to share that. So when I was in high school, or I guess I should say leading up to high school, um, my dad and I were never very close. It, it was a weird situation in that he... I did live with him. I lived with my mom and my dad. I was fortunate in that way, but he worked nights and he worked most days, you know, like he worked weekdays and often weekends and holidays, especially. Um, and he, so he worked nights. So meaning I, when I went, when I woke up to go to school, he was asleep. And by the time I had gotten home, he had already gone off to work. So it's like we lived together, but we just never saw each other. Uh, and he was the strict parent but that didn't really matter because he wasn't around, you know, I could do whatever I want. <laughs> um, but, you know, just through that, we didn't have much of a relationship, but he also had me when he was kind of older, like he was in his late forties. So he, I had like an old dad and I still have an old dad. Um, so I always knew that I would kind of have to deal with my dad's death a little before my, my friends would have to deal with their dad's death. And one day in high school, I, I think it was my sophomore year or maybe my junior year. It was one of those uh, one of those few days where we were actually at home at the same time, and he had a heart attack, and I heard him, and it was a very scary moment for me. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I hope you never have to, but uh, some it can sound pretty awful when people are having a heart attack, uh, and I, I don't I don't uh, I don't like that memory of thinking of that sound as I called for an ambulance, and I just thought that was it. 
You know, I thought that, you know, I, I had thought about that many times, but I was not, I was definitely not prepared for the actual moment. And I thought he was not going to make it. Uh, but fortunately he did. And he had a heart surgery that went successfully. And uh, I think he's more healthy now, um, but he's, that was eight years ago and he's still alive. So that, that's definitely good news. I think the main takeaway from that is it made me reflect on what I want my relationship with my dad to be, because I knew that I wasn't ready for him to die that day. And I think the reason I wasn't ready is because we had never become close. Uh, so, and I think he had the same thought because over the past eight years, we have, be, we've developed a much closer relationship. And I think that it's completely dependent on both of us realizing that he will not live forever and we should probably make the most of the time that we do have together. So I guess it's, it's like a happy story, but I guess vulnerability, it's definitely not a, doesn't make me uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. I do have goosebumps. I'm happy things turned out great. Cause that had to have been a horrifying moment, a horrifying experience. It, it's, it's a lot to take on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely don't recommend it, but <laughs> Glad I called the ambulance. <laughs> right. I'm glad I didn't freeze up. We appreciate you being comfortable enough to share that. That's that's a tough it's a tough time. That eventually yeah, everyone like everyone might have a time like that eventually in their lives. Yeah, it's like I said, like the moment itself was not great, but I didn't think of it as traumatic or anything. And it's only over the past eight years or so that I really have kind of put it into context of how that event changed my life. It sounds like you stood up to the test called the ambulance took care of what needed to be done at the time. And then you reflect and you're like, Oh my gosh, that was, that was something. That was something. Yeah. (laughs) I, um, you know, I love listening to all you guys because, you know, whether it's an experience where someone close to us is hurt, where we're hurt, or maybe we, we feel like we need to get out. Um, I've been in this position myself so many times and a scary experience of mine was, I'm thinking I was like 10 or 11, but went sweating, I had sweating, sledding. I had never really been sledding on like an actual hill. Like you do it in the backyard, you play around with friends, but I went with my parents are kind of protective and, and, and afraid to have me actually go sledding, sledding because you know, it's dangerous. There's pretty big hills and it's slippery and there's lots of people. And nowadays there's no social distancing. So no sledding these days. Um, Cause Ellison park would be packed. There'd be, it's a frisbee golf course. If anybody plays frisbee golf, there's one hole at that course that it's huge. Um, I don't know the distance, but it's like the largest hole in Rochester where you're throwing the frisbee down a massive steep slope where it's kind of cool if you actually like playing frisbee golf because it's so far away the hole is, but since you're throwing downhill, your Frisbee just like flies. And every time I throw it, it ends up in the woods because it just drifts off into nowhere land. But if anyone knows Allison Park, it's a really, really huge hill going down. So I, I go sledding with my friend um, Andres and I had never been sledding on like, like actually sledding before on a real hill like this. 
And we go down the very first time I've ever done it. And he's got like a professional sled. It's a two person. It's real durable and sturdy. We go whipping down. Like we're like, we're like lapping people how quick we're going down. I'm like scared to death. I had never even really been on a roller coaster. I was always like the scared kid. I hadn't really done a roller coaster. So I'm speeding down on this sled and I'm like, whoa, like this is kind of cool, but I'm kind of scared to death right now. And we make it all the way to the bottom. There's actually like a creek woods, if I'm remembering correctly, like a creaky woods area at the bottom. And I remember being scared to death that we were just going to keep going and just land into the the frozen creek. And who knows what would have happened if that happened. But my friend knew what he was doing and like sticks his foot out and starts like breaking our speed. He clearly must have done it before or knew what he was doing because we were heading for that creek. And I just had that adrenaline rush. Like he, I felt like that was a scary moment in itself. And like he had saved my life or something. Um, we didn't go all the way into the creek, into the woods. We were good to go. Wow, that was crazy. But I was like this mix of like excited and like nervous. But I like start running up the hill because I'm like so happy that I made it out alive. And it was like an adrenaline boost. And I'm running up the hill and I see two girls in like a, not very special looking tube, like a tube sled, like the kind of thing that uh, the tube that you kind of would uh, attach to a bow and put it in the water and go tubing. And I- I'm sure that works for sledding, but there's two people in one. And the tube being that it's not as durable and, and like pointed straight, like the two, the, the, the two person sled we were using their tube and they were like smaller than me, like little girls was literally going like on a diagonal, like it was going sideways. Like, I don't know if it was the shape of the hill, but they definitely weren't going straight. There's over a hundred people sledding at this time overall. It's like a packed house and they're not going straight, which is scary. I mean, usually when you set up your sled, you want to look in front of you. And if you don't already do this, you you should be doing it. Maybe I've overthought it, but you want to look in front of you. You want to determine, okay, how fast can I go and make sure that you're not going to just do what we did and just zoo, like zoom down and maybe hit somebody. Um, you want to pay attention to your surroundings, space out. I'm hoping they did that, but they had no choice because their sled was going on a diagonal. It was basically going sideways, like bumping up and down. Like they, they honestly look scared for their lives. And I look up and I look to my left and I just freeze. You know, they talk about fight or flight. I'll be honest. I've always been the, the flight. I'm not like a, a fighter that I react quickly, but it happened so fast that I just froze. I didn't know what to do. And they literally just smacked right into me. I like started to move and they caught me in my lower leg, like my ankle. And I ended up with like a really bad sprained ankle, um, which is beside the point. It hurt, but they hit me and I literally like flipped sideways. I, I don't know what the term for it is. I know it's like a barrel roll is a, one way you could call it. But I basically did a 360 sideways on the hill and landed and like took me like a minute to get up and like I was confused and disoriented and everyone around me looked like super scared and I was super scared. Like, am I okay? My ankle hurts, but I didn't realize they were not even scared about me. No one even 
realize that I even existed at that time. One of the girls on the sled had bounced off and hit a tree. And I look over and she's bleeding and, and trigger warning. I hate blood. Um, if you need to turn this off or step away, that's fine. She, she was bleeding and it was scary. And, and I don't want to say more about that. Cause I, I hate that experience. Um, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I kind of just moved on and her family was there and friends and a lot of people helped her. Um, someone called me later, said she was fine. The hospital, the ambulance picked her up, took her there. Um, Andres, my friend's parents basically talked to her, her parents and made sure everything was okay long-term. I guess they exchanged numbers, but I was completely frozen. Like I was scared for myself and my biggest regret. And of course I was only 10, 11 years old or so. My biggest regret is that I didn't really know what to do and it didn't really help. I was so like startled myself that I, I wish I was a caretaker and, you know, let her know that it wasn't her fault and that it was okay. And I, I, I'm happy that other people, and I guess my big takeaway was I'm happy that other people stood up to the test to go and make sure she was okay and, you know, do what Mr. Sparling did, call an ambulance, make sure things worked out because I was so spooked in the moment um, that I was scared to do it. And the not so funny truth is I'm still scared to go sledding. <laughs> I haven't been sledding, like actually sledding, like something like that since. Um, I'm curious for any of you guys, I'm hoping you've never had a injury experience, but has anybody been smacked or bumped or like gotten in an accident sledding themselves? I'm hoping not, but I'm curious if I'm the only one. <laughs> it's a good thing if no one has. You have, Harmon? What what happened to you? You haven't? Oh, you haven't? Yeah, I think Harmon said. Yes, I know. Thank God. Yeah, I haven't. I feel like I could be an advocate for sledding safety. Like in my yeah. brain, I, I know like all in my brain, I'm like, you need to space out. You need to time it. It's just like driving. Like you can't just go way too fast. Um, well, have you um, have you read Ethan Frome? I don't think so. It's a uh, never mind then. But I had to read that in high school, and it's it's highly relevant. But Ethan Frome, Ethan Frome. I don't really, I didn't particularly enjoy that book. Okay, but the ending is highly relevant. Um, Spoiler alert! I'm curious. Uh, I think they die in a sledding accident. Oh man! Like three adults or something, or maybe like two of them and. What? Oh yeah, I'm remembering now. But there's a sledding accident at the end where the, the this... roles are reversed. But where like who is the caretaker? But speaking of caretakers, and first of all, Mr. Albert, thank you so much for sharing that story. It sounds like it shook you up quite a bit as a kid. I'm glad that girl was okay. I gotta read that book and see if that book's based on what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. I think Edith Wharton was born a little bit before <laughs> all of us. Um, but yeah, and I know all these stories are they're kind of like disjointed. Mm. situations where we where we where we feel vulnerable telling them but i think the overarching theme is definitely who rose to the occasion to uh make sure that everyone was safe you know like for josh it was his dad <laughs> making sure they didn't fall into the genesee river um for harmani it sounds like uh, i'm glad you're you had your grandma to go to so you had a safe place to go to when you did run away um i guess 
humble brag. I was that person for my dad, although I was definitely <laughs> kind of a wreck while doing it. I was not, uh, I didn't look like a brave hero during it. And uh, Mr. Albert looks like you really lucked out with that. That little girl had a whole bunch of adults around to uh, run to her protection, make sure she was okay and had the proper medical attention. A thousand percent. And I do want to give Josh credit for um, ultimately kicking that snapping turtles, but yeah, <laughs> that's another thing Josh did, right? It's a good, that's a great takeaway, Mr. Sparling, that someone always rises to the occasion. And sometimes it's not us. Sometimes it's someone around us. Sometimes um, we're the ones that need help and other times we're the ones helping. I like that. Any other takeaways, guys? You, you've been great. I think this has been tremendously awesome. Um, at least I got something off my chest, so it was fun for me. <laughs> but uh, any other takeaways, guys? I, don't know. I feel like I learned a lot more about all of you today. So I appreciate that. <laughs>